2: At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Hi there, I'm Brian Benner, and you're listening to the Mall over Cod, Pot dog. Cod Podcast. You know what? I'm not going to do it this week. After listening to your last your failed attempts last week, Douglas, I'm not even going to bother trying to trying to go for my usual opening gambit. I think it's boring. Nobody likes it anymore. And we don't give any news and opinion on the weekend's rugby action. Um, we are an ad hoc rugby podcast that turn up when we want now because uh, we don't really give a shit. So welcome back to the Ball Over podcast. Um, <laughs> hello, new um, listeners. Hello, what will. <laughs> hello to all the new listeners, all the South Africans that will be listening after um, Phil's badger baiting today around scrum time. But we'll get on to that. Uh, I'm joined this week uh, by um, the smaller of the Eustace brothers, um, probably the least talented. Hi, Ben. Hello. I'm, I'm feeling quite... I'm machine. not going to argue
2: with any of that.
1: I know. It's poor, isn't it? Really poor for me. Um, and I'm also joined by um, Great Britain's number one Mike Friday tribute act, Dougie Andrews. <laughs> Welcome. He's on mute as well. Like he muted himself because he was trying to be clever. And can't How are we going? Well. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, seven. Fresh, fresh back from
0: Doha. Um, I'm just on my way right. out there for uh, the... the uh, you go to, du- to Dubes? Well, I'm not, but Mike is.
1: Mike's going to Ah, oh, You're not. That's a shame. Where are you going this weekend? Bristol. Bristol. I mean, Wolverhampton one week, Bristol the next. Douglas knows how to live
0: that sounded like uh chicago's verse (laughs) for those of you
1: i mean pretty much everyone that listens to this now has has heard the the rugby song i used to work in chicago's the old department store i mean what's the best what's the best rugby song of that nature do you reckon do you reckon it's chicago's
0: yeah chicago's just purely because everyone knows it classic yeah well, one of my favorites was Yogi Bear. Um, Yogi Bear.
1: Has anybody yeah. seen JC? Have you heard that one? Not since Easter Monday riding on a donkey. Has anybody seen J C?
0: No. No. I, I, I did enjoy the uh the uh is no use to anyone number that we sang after. that.
1: that's has anybody seen J C? Oh I didn't
0: I didn't know that. Sorry. No,
1: is it? Hold on. He's he's no He's he's so good, he's divine, he turned water into wine. Has anybody seen JC? No,
0: he's nobody new to anyone. He oh, is oh,
1: that one. He ought to be publicly shot on, he ought to be publicly shot. That one. I mean, they're all classics, aren't they? But Chicago's is probably the most famous. I don't know what took me down that rabbit hole, but it was it was enjoyable nonetheless. If you've got any um any verses to either Chicago or uh, has anybody seen JC tweet us and we'll and we'll retweet the best. No one's gonna tweet. No, they're not. And I'm also and I'll retweet them all in, in the hope of offending as many people as humanly possible. Because I'm kind of at that level right now.
0: Right the level of your checked out is just off the charts. <laughs> I mean You could not give less of a shit around doing (laughs) this anymore, could you? Correct. And, and, you know, I think you'd rather file a tax return. (laughs) If, if,
1: and it's a big if, and we'll come on to it, but if last Saturday hadn't have been such a monumental abomination, there's a chance I would have just canned this whole fucking thing and deleted Twitter.
0: It, it was shambolic, uh, devoid of ideas, equal parts desperate and lackadaisical.
2: Um, you talking about the rugby or Russ's tweeting? Both. Ineffective, <laughs> yeah. ill judged,
0: yeah. ginger.
2: Yeah. Uh, A lot of puff and puff without any actual result
1: yeah yeah uh
2: offensive
0: bullshit
1: <laughs> bullshit yeah it's bullshit so so to warn everyone before we get started this is probably going to get relatively ranty and be extremely moany if you've never listened to them all over before um we do to a certain extent try to remain positive we do to a certain extent try and remain unbiased and factual. No, we don't remain factual. That's utter bullshit. We try and give honest opinion based on what we see as actual rugby fans. Um, And we do wherever possible, try not to jump up and down on referees faces because, you know, it's not really the done thing. However, before we get into how bad England were, and I want to make it clear England did not lose this game at the weekend because of Angus Gardner. They did not. That is a fact. They didn't. But what I will say is from a fan's perspective, that was one of the worst international refereeing performances I think I've ever seen. And uh, there are a number of reasons of reasons why, but, Inconsistency, like the inconsistency of decision making, I I couldn't get my head around it, and I was so, and the, the more it was happening, the more I was getting wound up by it. I mean, that second half, we had there was a number of scrums, and and we can use the scrum as a, as a prime example. We had a number of scrums where England were penalised for being unstable, and. South Africa given a free kick on both their own and South Africa's put-in. When South Africa happened to be unstable at their put-in and England's put-in, it was a reset. When South Africa were boring in and losing their feet behind, it was England's hinging that was an issue. When Faf clerk Klerk has tried to decapitate Marcus Smith... <laughs> Nothing was mentioned, nothing was said, and I think this is all down primarily to officials being so shit scared of having a little video dossier presented on them by Razi Erasmus that that they they <laughs> he was he didn't know how to referee the game, and it was so bad that it just became laughable at the end because you just knew exactly what, what was going to happen now for all the South Africans that are saying, ah, oh, this is all sour grapes about England losing. And your scrum got marmalized like it did in the world cup final and you lost again. And fine. Like the we lost. It's not sour grapes. I know we lost because England was shitter than South Africa, but I'm not coming on here and saying, oh yeah, well it was the referee that caused this. And it was the referee that caused that. I'm just saying the guy was fucking shit. Do either of you two want to say anything about Angus Gardner before we move on to England? I oh, feel just like going to was...
0: say, you or me, Ben. Uh, you go on,
2: Doug. You'll probably I say think, what I'm going to say. I mate. think
0: the thing that offends me most about Angus Gardner is his voice. Oh, you've been boring in there, mate. <laughs> I, he, he sounds like... A, <laughs> a sounded a like fucking... Person,
2: um, Australian Kermit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, yeah. or
1: Fuzzy Bear.
0: <laughs> yeah. Waka waka, you were hinging. Um, no, he wasn't great, but the only there were 15 worst performances on that pitch, uh, and there was one performance in the coaching box, which I would say put everyone in their place. So, I look, I'm not going to blame Angus Gardner, that's what South Africans do. I do wonder. The, the, combined effect of Razzie's bullshit is. Um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't don't think you blame Gardner for that.
2: I mean, I'd like to think, and probably, Agus Gardner would probably like to think that he just had an off day rather than Razzie was affecting him. And hopefully we, you know, it's not giving Razzie the credit, if that's the right word, he'd, he doesn't deserve to say that. I mean, you're absolutely right, Doug, that I'm not going to get upset about the referee on Saturday. I'd rather get upset when the referee costs a match. But he could have He could have given us a penalty every two minutes and we probably still wouldn't. Know. Um, The only one that I think... Oh, yeah, because
0: when we did have penalties, we you had, missed for them. some reason, Owen Farrell shanking and past the yeah. post, but we got one of the most ice core cool kickers on planet earth and the actual fly half being told to mind his place and, and let, let the grown ups kick.
2: Yeah. I mean, the one I think is it does bear mentioning is Faf de Klerk's lucky that he missed because
0: Faf, Faf de Klerk does that all the time.
2: Yeah. That all was
0: fine. And he's been getting away with it for years because he's you... little.
2: Yeah, he w- he was definitely aiming to 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 take him out there. Yeah. You know, he might not have been aiming for his head, but he was definitely, you know, it was a cheap shot from the blind side. You know, you could see that in in, in the first replay. So I think he, he is lucky he didn't catch him because if he had been a, a split second earlier, he would have caught him right in the side of the head. Um, but, you know, he didn't, so there's not much the ref can do about it. But... No. You know, he he should cut that out. Fucking Bucks Fizz wannabe. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he got injured. I, I mean, I can't I, stand I can him. He, I hope he I just can't stand him. Yeah, you know, like, you know what? It was you really stupid.
0: I, you know what I like about him is every time he comes on the screen, I'm compelled to say she's cute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he was at sale, I started to think to myself like. Uh, may- maybe I'm just overreacting. Maybe it's just the haircut. Maybe he's just a- got an annoying face. And as soon as he played in that South Africa A against the Lions, I was just like, God, I can't stand the bloke. And, um, you know, it was stupid by Johnny Hill, but I don't I mean, really blame you can, him.
1: You can, you can understand why Johnny Hill has done it. And I mean, De the, Klerk the has made every you know he's made three square meals a day out of that yeah and it's, just... it's a shame he
2: didn't drop, manage to drop him into row c of the crowd or something but you that know it have been better but yeah. still
1: it, you know brainless and we can oh, add yeah. that to the list of, of brainless things that england did um starting you know potentially with with selection um <laughs> Where where do we go with, with Eddie Jones and his selection policy? Because Mate,
0: we've been saying this for three and a half years. Where do we go with Eddie Jones? We're going... And ironically, the answer is we're going absolutely nowhere with Eddie Jones.
1: <laughs> well, we're going backwards it, now.
0: We, we are absolutely going backwards. Every other team has moved on apart from England. It, we... we it's like he's he's spent the last two and a half years going. I need to freshen up this England side. You remember when 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 um he first dropped Mako and all those guys? It was all <clears throat> we we need to evolve as a team. We need to do this. We need to do that. And basically, he's got to sick well eight months away from a World Cup. He's shattered brick and he's brought everyone back.
2: Yeah, and it in effect no sense
0: the players like that. The the discussion we had on on our on our Twitter group about he must be the only person in England who thinks Alex Cole's is the best flanker in England. I, I, I it makes no sense to me whatsoever that decision. Just don't understand it.
1: I no, agree.
2: Yeah.
1: And then and then to take so did you notice he took he took he took Coles off right instead of putting Simmons on he took Coles off and put Ribbons on and moved
0: the toady to six. I just don't understand it. Cuz cuz it, it's not like those players are of such imposing physical nature. We spend every week when we talk about Premiership Rugby, bemoaning Saints for being soft. Yeah. And then, and then we're putting two Saints players in against the most physical team in the world. Why are we trying to beat them at their game? Why are we trying to do what they do when we've got such unique talents in our, in our player pool? It's yeah. just, he's just completely myopic. He's completely obsessed with his own genius it and it's to the it, it's going to be to the, we we may not make it out of the groups of the world cup because we we don't have a clue what we're doing there's obviously a there's a power struggle in in our half backs
2: that's nobody an issue. that we're
0: rudderless because fowl's been moved inside to accommodate a player that's effectively his replacement it it just it's a mess. It's a real mess.
2: It is a mess. We're so we're just
0: lucky that Wales are a bigger mess. Do,
2: well, yeah. We, do you know what he reminds me of. He reminds me a bit of someone who's been on Twitter too much. But I know he's not on Twitter. But you know, like someone gets on Twitter and they just get like hung up on a subject and they have to be right about it. You know, like Lawrence Fox.
0: Oh, you mean like? Um... I don't know, just picking two random names out of the ether, Josh Gardner and Squid Rugby.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like he's 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 like got into an art uh, it's it's a real life Twitter argument with the rugby press and rugby social media and probably everyone else in rugby. And he's now just double doubling down and doubling down on I'm gonna win with a big second row at six, and I'm gonna win. With Farrell at twelve, and it's like nothing can change his mind now. Um, and it, it, it's like an anti vaxxer on Twitter or something like that, isn't it? It's just he's just gone, gone in hard now, and you're just not going to change his mind. And it's it's almost like the only thing that's going to change his mind is when he goes off and manages the USA for the next World Cup or something like that. So because yeah. I think it's not going to change I, now.
0: No, absolutely not. I. I'd, I'd... <sighs> I understand that, but like, what I want to understand is what is his plan? what What is this mystical thing that he's trying to do that he won't let anyone know about? You know, it's it's like one of those um, one of those builders who says, "Oh yeah, I'll be round. I'll be around next week. Yeah, I'll be there," and, and they never come. Yeah, that's just so exactly the point. Half built wall.
2: He, he's he's sort of trying to give the impression that he has a plan, but you have to give some indication of any kind of plan for anyone to believe you. The, the, yeah. like at the moment, it's just like run a couple of phases and then mill around a bit until the opposition has sat in your pocket and you drop the ball. And I don't think that's the plan, but, you know, it could be.
1: So, so just taking the back row for instance. So on Friday on Friday night there was Kenningham and Don Brandt for um, Harlequins. I know he's looked at Kenningham before. Don Brandt's obviously been involved. Um, Ludlow for Gloucester. Then um, Saturday there weren't weren't too many. Um, ben Curry wasn't playing. I mean, we've literally got clone a clone of one of the best back row in the world. <laughs> um. Then on Sunday for, for Leicester, there were two young guys playing for Leicester who at this point last year, and potentially through the Six Nations, they were sort of the, the great white hope, weren't Do you remember when Oli Chesson played? And everyone goes, oh, this guy looks good. Another five and a half, potentially. Uh, the same with George Martin. Came out of nowhere, played a couple of test matches off the bench. Random training squad oh, where's he now? Not even getting any sort of look in. Um, there's quite literally two Willises that that could do a, a good job. You know, the, the rotting carcass right, it's, it's, of it's Billy, v, Billy Villapola, who who played in all of the... Um, uh, Simmons played at eight in... Did Simmons play at eight in against Japan? Japan? Um, yeah. But other than that, like Billy Villapola, he's... So far
2: done.
0: Yeah. Like I mean, there's so many more dynamic options. I mean, you got, you could play Lewis Ludlam and even Aaron Hinckley, who's been amazing for Saints.
2: Ben Earl Earl. is the name that springs to
1: my mind. Dave viewers. But Earl, like Earl Earl is the one, isn't he? Earl and Jack Willis. Imagine having a, a dynamic back row of, you
2: know, Curry, Willis and Earl or or curry Earl and Dombrand, yeah to give him some balance
1: yeah no it's, um, it's no problem with yeah it.
2: or or you know i mean the the only sort of hope i have and it's probably a, a, a forlorn hope because no it's not the only hope i have i'm talking <laughs> rugby here <laughs> just, in, just in life the only hope of yeah, um is you know but it's someone he's looked at and not not like the look of but you know I think by the time of the World Cup, Mercer should be eligible. Um, but, you know, he played him for half a game against Japan. Didn't like what he saw and, and never picked him again. But Shepard's crooked as well, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's a guy who's always looked like an international to me. Um, you know, but he's not, maybe he's not a Billy type. He's not going to necessarily smash a hole where there isn't one, but he, he's a bit more like Don Brandt where he might find one. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> it's sometimes, like you say, it's, it's infuriating when some players have had a lot of chances and been binned when they've actually looked like they might be able to step in the side like Earl has, or some haven't been given hardly any chance at all. Uh, and, you know, and then other players have just disappeared that have been around for ages, so what is his plan? i don't know i mean Freeman he, he was gone after a half yeah. and 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 what
1: frustrates you more Ben so you, you you mentioned Freeman there the poor guy didn't even get a chance to have a ball in his hand to attack. He plays in a in a saints side, yeah that, I mean they were saying safe... go for a ball right i've seen I've seen people openly criticize Manu Tuolangi for his performances in the autumn? The guy hasn't even had the ball. Bowl, How can yeah. you criticize him when he's not getting and, the ball? And the, the, Because the, there's, sorry, this power struggle between Smith and Farrell, and we've been down this road. We were down this road before the last World Cup. We're going down the road with uh, with Ford and Farrell. We're going down this road again, right? If Farrell plays, he has to be ten. And actually it showed against, um, you know, yes, we were chasing the game and it was, it was a little bit, but as soon as we had Farrell at 10 and a couple of centers, we actually looked like we could go forward. And I know Slade made a, you mm. know, a, a couple of, a couple of errors, but he scored the try, you know, Noel, Noel was decent when he came on, but like you look, we look like we've got a bit of an attacking structure with yeah, forward I mean- and uh, f- I keep saying Ford and Farrell with Smith and Farrell. It may as well be Ford and Farrell of three years ago. It's to say yeah. it's exactly the same, and you can't, you know, said it over and over again. Marcus Smith plays very well for Harlequins when he's got a big cunt inside him and a big cunt outside him. That's what he does. Sorry for the sea bombs, but
0: it, mate, I've, mate, I've I've got to stop you there. I think I think that's too. That's too simple. I don't think Marcus Smith is allowed to play with the freedom that he does at no. Queens. He's not allowed to make decisions, mate.
1: Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I they, agree. They, uh, they but... play
0: to such a rigid structure. Yeah. yeah. They play to such a rigid structure, and he's got such a big personality outside him. We won't let him stray from that. And who wants to make the decisions? And let's be frank, he's probably calling the plays. Yeah. Marcus yeah, Smith yeah. is effectively just a very well-paid pivot. Yeah, yeah, that,
1: that that's a fair that's a fair comment. But equally, you see the game plan that Harkins play, and Smith is Smith is allowed to run those plays, yes, because he's not got somebody outside him telling him what to do. But equally, he's got defenders that are being fixed by a Big Twelve and a Big Eight either side of him that he can go either way or he can miss them both with England. Wait, wait, England wait. is so sorry. England is so easy to defend against because they've got nobody inside that's carrying hard enough and they definitely haven't got somebody outside Smith that's carrying hard enough.
0: I, I just don't agree because you think about the amount of times that you have two Langing running first phase ball and you have Vunipola on the inside of him. He's got the two biggest cunts in England. He didn't have two laggy like, running off the first phase
2: ball. Well, once they used it once off the first line out well, and it worked, and then they never did it again, partially because they couldn't get the ball out of a scrum.
0: Well, I'd um, also argue it's because Farrell plays at 12 and he won't let he won't let that happen. He wants to have the ball and be making decisions. I think there's an there's a an issue with Farrell wanting to be the main man and it affecting the whole of the game plan because it has to go through him. So Smith, effectively, is just taking the ball and dishing it to Farrell. To
1: Farrell to make the play.
0: I agree. So basically, we're, we're, we're not doing anything until Farrell gets the ball. So we're, we're limited on what options we can run from. Like, how do you run an entire game plan from 12?
1: We, it's quite clear that you can't. But we've said this. For, year, for years When it was George Ford In exactly the same position If Owen Farrell plays He has to play 10 And it's how clear I
0: What I don't understand Is how Three fucking idiots In their front rooms Can see this But the most highly paid man In world rugby Doesn't get it Despite it being there In black and white And with the best team of analysts And coaching And I I just don't understand and like he must know that he must know that the public opinion has turned against him so why not just come out and say this is what we're trying to do we were trying to do this for the world cup we're trying to do this no it's like no one buys his bullshit because it's like what actually are you doing you won't tell us and every time we watch the team play and when people pay 200 quid to go to a south africa match they served up this Dross week week after week, game after game, and you just sort of laugh it off with your stupid pithy interviews. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I can I completely agree. And the, the, the whole building for a world cup narrative is so tiresome.
0: If you well, were build if he was building for a world cup, he wouldn't have dropped Billy and Mako at the end of the last cycle. What he's tried to do is build for a World Cup, but he's bricked himself and he's brought all this stuff back. And he's created so much of a problem by bringing Smith in and not giving him autonomy. Having Farrell hold his hand, that he doesn't know how to get out of that situation now, because if he drops Smith, he's going to get pilloried. And he feels like he can't drop Farrell because it's his captain. So he's, he's made the rod for his own back. I've, I, I would actually have no problem with him Dropping Smith
1: and play, even putting Smith I'd on the bench. Drop
0: Farrell. Farrell offers nothing.
1: I, I actually, I actually think Farrell is an exceptional ten, and as a distributor, and you know, he might not be as um electric as Smith on the ground, but Owen Farrell, of what I've been watching him play a couple of times for Saracens this season, with players outside him offering, you know, effective running lines. Actually, he is very, he's exceptional. He's world-class, he's world-class 10. He's a different 10 to Marcus Smith, quite obviously, but he is a world-class 10. He is not a world-class 12. He's not even, he's not even an international 12, I don't think really, because what does he offer? Other than his goal kicking, which was not very good at the weekend, like as a 12, he's not playing as a 12. He's playing as a, we're playing ten, 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 thirteen, and that's and that's the problem.
0: As the, as the the great American TV show The Office once said, "What organization doesn't run better with two heads? Where would Catholicism be without the popes?" We can't play a rugby match with two tens. You can't. You don't have two quarterbacks on the field in American football. No. You need a nonsense. decision maker.
1: It is a nonsense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on who that is, you know, I, I don't care who it is. I just want one of them.
2: Ben. Yeah, I think the evidence is becoming clearer and clearer, isn't it? Um It. it it's just it's just confused everything's confused you know they're leaning on a basin in the bathroom you know it's it it just gets through a couple of phases and then no one knows what they're doing and it, it you're right it could be that there's too many cooks in there trying to make decisions whereas they all need to be singing off the same hymn sheet don't they you're almost better having less of a decision maker at 12 who's just going to do something simple until smith's off the floor you know or or farrell's off the floor but if they're just if they're doing different things then it, it's just gonna that's that's yeah, but, creating the confusion but
1: but rugby time in memoriam has only had one ten, and when the 10 isn't there you just find a way around it. You don't need two tens. You don't have to reinvent well, the fact. There's that you've got always two been centres that can that can play a bit of ball. That can yeah.
2: that can play and distribute, but they're not tens running the show. Yeah, they're not. You know, like someone like Mike Cap would just you know sort of just slip in and you know provide continuity rather than trying to run the show. Um, so I think that was a problem. Um, I'm almost with you. Like, I wouldn't mind if, it, if they just went with Farrell now, and then whoever takes over in a year's time can just go with Smith and we'll go from there. Um, you know, at least, you know, with Farrell, we know what we're getting. Um, and, you know, it, if we go with Smith, then he's got us, like Doug was sort of alluding to, he's got to start from scratch. Gonna have to pick, you know, decide which two centers he wants. He's gonna have to decide um, who's gonna play in the back row as well. And um, you know, we've got five competitive games now to the World Cup.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You mentioned we've only got five competitive games left then until after the uh, till before the World Cup. Now, so we've got the Six Nations. Do you, can we see any, any change? Do you think the RFU will actually do anything about it? Obviously, we briefly mentioned Wales and the fact that Pivac's heads on the on the block after losing to Georgia and um, that have, have they done anything point.
0: about anything in the last ten years?
1: No, no, they haven't. No, but there, were, there was there was talk of a a review due to England's poor dismal performance. I think we're at thirty six percent win ratio this week or thirty eight percent like for the for the year. You know, we got, we, we were shit in the six nations. We've lost now to Argentina. We scraped a draw against New Zealand when really they threw it away. Let's be honest. And we got absolutely dry reamed by South Africa.
2: Um, I don't, how can I don't they think, not be considered in this future? I don't think they will. Just because it's so close. You know, he's gonna go afterwards anyway, isn't he? So why pay him off? You know. And because
0: it's looking extremely likely that we're gonna get pumped by everyone in the World Cup.
2: Yeah, but my what I'm th- what I do worry about is um the front the front row situation because I don't think it matters who's Who's coach or or whoever it is? I don't think we've got many front rows because we can't, keep, you know, them fit. Yeah, the you've ones got, that managed to stay
1: fit. Are fuck it. Well,
2: well, you've got those six mutton carcasses y- of you know, the
1: ones that that they used to be.
2: Like yeah, Marco. you've got those. You've got those six players, but there's no no one really battering the door down to come in, is there? So you know, at hooker,
1: the, the two hookers we've got are, are decent. Yeah, oh, they're they're decent. And then you've got Genj Genge, who is, you know, arguably world class, but Sinclair is a shadow of his former self. He just kind of struts around thinking that he's amazing when I haven't seen him have a good game for well, before the last World Cup. Probably certainly since the, the World I Cup. I agree. Yeah, I think he
0: he really does think he's made it, doesn't he? He thinks yeah. he's the
1: yeah. He's. I'll tell you what he reminds me of. He reminds me of
0: a bit of a shitter, Joe (laughs) Marla. Yeah. And you know what? He's definitely one of those blokes that would say, well, what do you know? You've never played scrum. You've you've never played as a loose head or a tight head, whatever stupid position he plays. You know, he's one of those people that would just not value the opinion of of people because he knows best because he's a professional rugby player.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then we've got the likes of, and this is where we fall down. You know, Will Stewart scored a couple of tries against against New Zealand, but the likes of Will Stewart, <clears throat> uh, Joe Hayes, um, I was trying to think of some other props that have kind of uh, Paul Hill. You know, they, they've yeah. been yeah. in and out. They've had chances. Do you remember? Like we, we've, it's almost like journeyman props that we kind yeah. of wheel out for a you few know. tests here and there and uh, you know, never to be seen again. I remember um Mullen, who was Mullen? Did he go to Worcester in the end? Matt Mullen?
2: Yeah. Matt he, Mullen. Was, he hung yeah. around for yeah, a little yeah.
1: while and never really went anywhere, you know? And it's just, we really, we, we lack any sort of real grit in that position. Yeah. You know, like proper strong I mean, Geng, Like Genj wants to fight people and he's, tenacious and he you know fair play he is a strong boy but like proper strong boys like the south african boys that came on were reminiscent of the vickery woodman white do you know what i mean just immovable objects as opposed to these fucking incredible athletes i don't think props are supposed to be incredible athletes are they they're supposed to be
2: Stonehenge props. <laughs> they're supposed to be props. Yeah. You know, and it's nice that they, if nice they're good at pushing or, or they can carry, you know, but that's that's on top of their day job, isn't it? it, it you know, like um, Phil Vickery was yeah. a good ball carrier, but he could prop. You, you know, you've got, um, oh, I've gone blank. What's the Irish prop? Furlong. But, yeah, I mean, you know, he's good good at scrummaging. He might not be the world's best scrummager, but he does his job. And then you've got the other stuff on top. Whereas, like, you know, Mako, absolutely, yeah, he came on against New Zealand and carried brilliantly. But he's struggling to do his day job now. But there isn't anyone knocking on the door, is there? I mean, you'd say the next prop, the, the prop that's most unlucky to not being anywhere near the squad is Cole, Dan Cole. How old is Dan
1: Cole? I
2: mean, I, know I mean he he's looks old. About but he's probably he's, he's probably not as old as we think because I think he was fairly young when he came into the squad, but he's got to be you know way into his thirties, isn't he?
1: Thirty-five. So yeah,
2: and you could argue like I don't want to be going
1: back, much like I didn't want to be going back to Venerpola and Vinopola. You know, I don't want to be going back to. Joe Marler and Dan Cole. Either we need to like we need to be finding new players, people to take these things forward, and but to be actual props. Mm. You know, Harry Williams and Alec Hepburn have fallen off the the face of it. If you like Ben Moon, you know, like Ben Moon yeah. came on and he would just scrummage. He was just a really really good scrummager. Didn't really want the ball. Wasn't even interested in it. But K, you come in. I do his scrummaging. Went home. I
2: I thought Harry Williams did pretty well for England. You know, he only made a few sub appearances, but I thought he always did pretty well. Um, I you know Hepburn was probably the opposite. I think he was just a bit too like underpowered right. to be yeah. an international. But I thought Williams did pretty well. But I haven't seen. Is he injured? Because I haven't. I'm no, he's him been long... playing. He just yeah
1: just can't can't get in. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trawling through the lineups at the weekend and I'm trying to find. You've, English, you've got Shona, haven't you? Sh- Shona's Donuts. But there's, Sh- there's Shona, <laughs> Rapava Ruskin. Um, But again, like his scrummaging is questionable. I mean, is he even English, Rapava Ruskin? I don't know. He's been in some squads now. He? Uh, he's English qualified. Yeah. English qualified. Uh, Haven't we got
0: supposedly one of the best scrum coaches in the world as well that we poached off South Africa?
1: We can't. You can't.
0: How do we keep getting these coaches that supposedly amazing coaches? They work with Eddie Jones for a year, and their reputation is in tatters, and they leave depressed and alone.
1: Yeah, never to be seen again. this it's a fair comment like remember when John Mitchell came in remember when we had the Simon Amor the best sevens attack coach you know who's going to revolutionize all of our attack remember when you know all these people and it just makes you feel like we're going to end up with Eddie Jones leaving and Richard Cockrell coaching England full-time
0: do you know do you know what the worst thing about we've we've moaned about this now pretty pretty much 40 minutes but do you know what the the worst thing about this is and 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 probably the most depressing thing is I'm actively looking forward to us getting out of the world cup and getting rid of this bloke. Yeah. Just, just so that we can, you know, hopefully get somebody in with a bit of vision. I I really hope it's not Scott Robinson. I, we have too many good options over here that no English club rugby that, you know hopefully we'll come in come into this with, with eyes open. Who who would you like to see? Uh per, well personally I'd like I'd love and this may shock you but Mark McCall as director or head coach, Sam Vesti as um as a tack coach. And if not Sean Edwards then maybe um may, maybe a um Kevin Sinfield or something like that. I
1: mean, I, I can't, think Kevin I can't Simfield would be a Simfield. really
0: good, good appointment for the RFU just PR wise at, at the moment. Yeah, but, but what Vest has done for Saints, what McCall's done for Saracens, oblique under a cloud, and what Simfield has done for Leicester, I don't think could be overstated. I think that would be a, a good team that would <clears throat> actually. Play good rugby.
1: What, what do um, you make this supposed RFU shortlist to replace Eddie Jones? I haven't seen it. It with O'Gara, Edwards and Robertson, I think.
0: Well, O'Gara won't want it because if Ireland bomb the World Cup, Farrell's gone. So that job then becomes available. He won't want it. Edwards won't want it because he'll be getting absolute bunts in France. And... To be perfectly honest, coaching that defence must be the easiest job in the world. Just go out there and smash people, lads. (laughs) We, and off we go. (laughs) Bonjour, uh, le smasher, le smash.
2: smash. We, yeah, we.
0: You know, that can't be that difficult a job. Who were the other people?
1: Uh, Well, the ones I'd seen were it was Ogara, Robertson, and um, Edwards.
0: I mean, Scott Robinson, sure, but I'm not sure how how he'll fit, how he fits with English rugby. I'm not sure that having someone from the Southern Hemisphere can have an influence over players that play in such a different manner on a weekly basis. I, I think it's got to be someone from up, up here, really. And I'm not, I'm not usually one for, you know, I'm not flag waving or anything like that. I just think the way that rugby's played in England means you have to have a certain, you have to have a certain uh, mentality to.
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think it should be someone from the Northern hemisphere who, because I think England are at their best when they play like England and England's, sort of natural style is much closer to South Africa than to say Australia or someone like that you know it's it's good set piece and it's strong ball carrying and it and unfortunately for for you know the viewer there's usually a lot of kicking as well um and I think you know
0: well which is why I think a combination of the uh, the people I've mentioned may be good because you get that, but you have Sam Vesti there who would be every every stage of his career has played brilliant rugby
2: yeah, I think you know you you want to be able to take your chances when you get them, don't you you know you, you're making your chances you know and and you know borthwick for you know his limitations as an international player is is a good you know. He, he runs the show well. And I think Simfield's a great shout because you're probably right. I don't think Edwards will come now because in, unless they make him actually the, you know, the, the boss. Yeah. They'll um, have, have to make Edwards come. the boss. Yeah. Um, which, but, which you know, could be
0: an absolute disaster for all we know. He hasn't been the boss, has he? Exactly.
2: But, you know, you know, that, that is the, the kind of combination I think they should be looking at rather than completely. You
1: know what, what I want more than anything what I want is the ability as a an experienced
0: viewer. I thought you were going to say cake. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: No, the ability as
1: an experienced viewer to watch England play and have a modicum of an idea what it is they're trying to achieve by way of a game plan. And if that game plan doesn't work, slash isn't working the ability to alter it either in game or from week to week where which at the moment I don't see as being possible because Eddie Jones is such a belligerent skid mark on English rugby that he he refuses to fully admit responsibility for the for the current state of our
0: of our team when really
1: he's the only one that should take any
0: responsibility let me tell you when that guy finishes after the world cup he's going to go full quasi quateng on this England team
1: <laughs> Kwasi
0: none of it's going to be eddie 's fault. it'll be the players not being Committed. I don't know, strong malleable enough. It'll be the press's fault. It'll be the RFU's fault for not backing him. It won't be Eddie's fault. yeah I do not I d I don't
1: I don't doubt it whatsoever. And I do like the, the quasi quarting analogy. Just just blame everyone else. Right. I don't feel like I feel like I've 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 got it all off my chest. I think I've I'm I'm just about done. Um We've got a few months now before the Six Nations. There may well be some change. There may, may, may well be some change in Wales. Um, as mentioned, losing to Georgia, that was delicious. That Australian comeback at the weekend, that was delicious. And if oh, England if England so weren't delicious. in such an absolute K-hole, um, I'd be laughing all the way to the bank. But... You
2: know, which which no, comeback we're... was better, Australia or Iran? <laughs> I mean, you you know you can barely call
1: Iran a comeback, can you? Iran was just a dismantling. <laughs> but you know, well, I can't, I can't, I can't laugh at Welsh rugby now after the way that England have played this autumn. No. and they're like I say they're arguably in a better place because it's more likely that they change their head coach before the Six Nations than England do which at least gives them half a chance so let,
0: let, let's not forget we weren't exactly brilliant in the last Six Nations either
1: or the Six Nations before that
2: or the Six Nations before that and and, and also the, the, I mean we've we've kind of certainly alluded to it but we probably haven't actually said it South Africa were very very good without some of their best players i mean if if you watch
0: i think we made them look good mate i think i don't yeah. think they're i don't think they're a patch on the side they were no
2: nope. um
0: true they offered, you, they offered you know, absolutely
1: you know, not. so so they didn't
0: i say they didn't beat us they did
1: beat us so there was the kick to talk about the game that, did that it's, side
0: it's, that same side lost to
2: scotland right uh
1: no, they didn't play Scotland,
2: did they? Uh, they lost to Ireland, didn't they? they? Lost to Ireland, but, Ireland. That was... But um, what? But what
1: they, I was, was going to kick chase. Go on, Ben. Sorry, mate.
2: I, I was just going to say if you watch, you know, if if you watched um France against South Africa two weeks ago, you know that England performance would have just been buried, and it would have been far worse. I mean, by both sides in that game, France South Africa was a different level. Um, you know, so. So yeah, you know that's concerning as well. In that, you know, even if we do get out of the group stage,
1: I, we'll,
2: we could just still be demolished.
1: I've no doubt we'll get out of the group stage of an Ar- of a, a group of Argentina or Japan. If, you know, we could well finish second, but we'll get out of the group. But whoever we play next will smash us to smithereens. Um, what I was going to look at is so South Africa didn't have to do anything to beat us on Saturday they 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 had they didn't have to do anything there was a the kick chase so the the kick actually wasn't a bad one it would, it it was outside the 22 so we couldn't mark it the chase wasn't great yes you could argue stewart stewart got uh, a little bit blocked off but as soon as matey boy um uh i don't say got hold of it it was a dense was it Orense, i can't remember how i just, I'll pronounce it as soon as as soon as he got the ball, it was it was curtains because over, he was yeah. gone. No one could get anywhere near him.
0: Um, there was a
2: lock in the lead up to that try, mind. Yeah, I I thought it was a block. Uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, Doug was just yeah. saying there was a it, it was, but 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 I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about that because it was a shit chase. Yeah, it was just Stewart and the hooker. So yeah, yeah. one. Pass. I mean, I think actually South um, Africa kicked very.
1: They kick well. Yeah, but they sorry, kicked but-
2: very cleverly, I thought, because they they most of their kicks at first glance looked actually short, but but they were putting them in so much traffic because England had all their blockers and they were actually getting in the way of the of the of either Stewart or Freeman, whoever it was that was going to catch it. They were they were actually being almost blocked by their own team because the kick was just that little bit shorter. Um which, which you know, made it very difficult, and you know their own chase was pretty decent. Um, so I thought that was that was pretty clever play, really. Um, but you know, at the same time, that is a fairly basic tactic.
1: Yeah, I mean we we made we made um, Wilhelmser at times look like prime Dan Carter. <laughs> we we the the back line they barely made any passes between them deal and Dielende didn't really do anything. They ran, yeah. they ran him a couple of times. He didn't go anywhere. Like the try they scored, the, the SMF try shouldn't, shouldn't have been given like it. hands as a first man were on the ball, lifting the ball. He told him to leave it when he didn't have to leave it because he, yeah, was that was man. a weird one. It was so weird. But again, he was played the ball on the floor. He knocked it on, picked, pick your infringement, but it was given whatever. So there's 14 points where they've scored that potentially they shouldn't have been given that would have made it closer, but we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve to win the match. And I'm glad that we we were punished, you know, in, in that way. But the South Africa, as I say, they didn't have to do anything to win. We we gave, like, as a team, England gave them everything and that and that was it like they you you say they played well they they did some functional bits in in the set piece without being you know amazing and their backs did nothing so i would say they didn't do that well
0: absolutely nothing
1: so you know
0: i don't know what else to say russ we we were shite <laughs> absolutely <laughs> shite we are shite
1: we actually just started with that. Yeah. And yeah. Well, just ended it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just opened a podcast.
1: Yeah. So uh weekend England was shite. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. See you later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go well.
2: Go well. Go well.
1: Right. <laughs> so let let's stop talking about that now. Um, Any other business,
2: Doug?
0: Um. Yeah, my, my dad came down this weekend and we butchered and ate a load of game meat, which was rather fantastic. Go to your butchers and get pheasants, partridges, ducks, all that. It's all good stuff.
1: Partridge amongst the piggins? Oh, fuck that, didn't Piggins? What's a piggin? <laughs> piggins? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Very good. Was it nice, all of your game Doug, Doug's, uh, Doug's frozen, but what I will say is on the kitchen counter, 10 hours on the game did not render it pleasurable to mine oh. eye.
2: <laughs> ben, any other... You business literally here? beat me to it. <laughs> um, we haven't mentioned Doddy Weir yet, have we? We have not mentioned Doddy Weir. Well, um, well done. So yeah, uh, very sad news. Great man. Um, I think Every, every rugby fan of our age remembers him from the living with lions video, as well as being a, a really good rugby player. And, um, you know, what he's done to publicize his illness is, has been amazing. Um, hopefully Kevin Sinfield will get, probably should get a knighthood. I think if, if nothing else, um, on the same subject, but, um, yeah, really sad news. And, um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure no one that knows him is listening to this, but you know, best wishes to, to everybody involved.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the inevitability of it doesn't make it any sort of easier when it does come, doesn't it? And you know, he transcended rugby, all of the nation's, you know, an underrated rugby player. Um, he was actually a very good good player. Mm-hmm. Just played in a pretty shit Scotland side of that era. So uh, it was unfortunate for him, but a great man nonetheless. So uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, all of his hard work won't go to waste, and there'll be some, some cures for for MND at some point in the future. Um, I'm a celebrity. Did, did you guys watch? Do you watch I'm quick, a celebrity? Quick change of pace. Let's change of pace. I'll end it with like with with I'm a celebrity. Do you watch it, Ben? Uh, no, no.
0: No, like... <laughs> the amount of tele the amount of television programs I've recommended to you that you won't watch because oh they're not real. Yet you're going <laughs> to sit here and talk to me about I'm a celebrity.
1: Just think it's funny, mate. You're an Just absolute disgrace,
0: fat <laughs> It was funny,
1: but what was funnier? What I was going to say is, um. Shall we say the left of the population losing their collective minds over Matt Hancock being in in, in the jungle, and the absolute it's losing market.
0: their collective minds over Matt Hancock being in there and actually not being that much of a dick.
1: Yeah, yeah, like like when he's a, a potentially a politician, not play not necessarily playing a character, but like you've got to be a certain type of person in in politics and. You know, it, it was a bit odd.
0: And what then... kind of person would you be in politics, Russ?
1: Oh, an utter cunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would definitely be fiddling expenses.
2: Uh, not guilty. At least it, um, at least uh, you said expenses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, were,
1: I have got no problem making um, uncomfortable decisions and decisions that people don't like. I've got no problem saying stuff that people don't Ooh,
0: like. You're odd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I genuinely I mean I've got no problem saying stuff that people don't like you know wh- whatever um I would I would like one day it's not going to happen in my lifetime but I'd like one day for like a normal person right? a normal down to earth person with a with a little bit of a brain and in the head on their shoulders to be in charge of the country rather than some of these fucking public school nonces. May or not, may or may not be nonces. I don't know. There's nothing ever proven. Um <laughs> but
0: uh nonce may or may not be an actual nonce. <laughs> um
1: but yeah like this all of them and the, I don't care who tries to tell me that that the people in charge of labor aren't also fucking rich public school fucking idiots as well. Like they're all the same. They're all I don't know I've gone from fucking I'm a celebrity's politics. I didn't want to do that. But <laughs> Um, what I was going to go on to say is the two people, in fact, the the two people voted out first. If I'm a celebrity, were two black women, and straight away the narrative all over to Twitter and social media was, "Oh my God, I can't believe these people so institutionally racist that these two black women were voted off a popularity contest first, where everyone, quite quite literally, everyone." Has the opportunity for an an equal vote, and people didn't vote for him. So, you know, who, whose fault's that? That's what. That's all. There's
0: Russ. It's their fault.
1: Well, no, it's not anyone's fault. But don't moan about it. I bet they didn't vote. The people that the people that were moaning about those two, the Charlene and Scarlett being voted out first, I bet they didn't get off the, on the I'm a Celebrity app and, and cast their votes. Like the millions of people that were people out there fought and
2: died yeah they did people fought and died for our opportunity to vote on i'm a celebrity didn't they russ They, they did. and <laughs> the people out there not voting uh,
0: it's a disgrace
2: it is a disgrace it's a disgrace
1: right um it's time to go anyway will well, no
2: one more. remember the great x-factor war of 1943 <laughs> to 44
1: No, that was will young that was the that was the travesty when will young beat gareth gates that was pop idol and I remember. Do you remember when, when the winter I was at Bentley Priory, when me and Doug were, uh, you know, mostly drinking and smoking tubes? It was Michelle McManus, and I don't know why I remember that. But um, I
2: thought I thought you were going to say you had to go in and sort out the the 1984 Master Chef massacre or something like that. <laughs> no, oh no,
1: we we were not trusted with anything other than. Uh, the free bar at the naffy that wasn't free (laughs) no further questions your honor um right (laughs) let's get out of here it's been a pleasure um we may or may not be back next week with something um see there's no premiership rugby is shit as well that can get in the bin um we the worst rugby podcast in the world. We really are, are <laughs> no, no, because that's blood and mud. Thank you very much. All Speak to right, you later. Absolutely. Yeah. Go well.